What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to this live version of the In The Zone show. Palmer Alexander at My City, My Music. I normally say city to city, state to state, but it's city to city. I'm at MyCityMyMusic.com. Live. First time the In The Zone show has been live in St. Louis. The final season of the In The Zone show. And I am really glad to be doing this and with some of the people that will be joining the show this season. Uh, I have uh, Byron Newby, the COO of the In The Zone Network, also In The Zone Atlanta. We got our contributor, our In The Zone Network contributor, Will Freeman in the building, also will be joining us later on. Uh, in the show, uh, Josh Price of the Price Check, and we're going to talk some NBA uh, later on in the show. And coming up in a few minutes, we will be having Daniel Wallach. So first off, uh, I want to thank you guys for being in the studio uh, for the first edition of the End of Zone show, especially uh, you, Awesome. We got Daniel Wallach going to be coming up on the line real soon, and. Listen, we've gotten to know each other now almost 10 years and because of the the NFL. And we got some scar tissue, right? Is it safe to say we got a little scar tissue? Yeah, I think that's a pretty fair way of characterizing it. Okay, so we have a little bit of a scar tissue. And so when you heard the revelations that finally came out in the post-dispatch the other day, and basically everything that we feared was true and then some. What was your initial thoughts when you see that and then knowing that they settled the case when they did? You know, honestly, Palmer, I, there was nothing that was really revealed that surprised me. There was nothing in there that you didn't really, in some sense, know was happening. Uh, as that is the case progressed when we all first started going through this process back uh, when when the first talk of relocation started coming up. Uh, obviously a very emotional time for everybody. But as the process went on, 
you really started to put two and two together. And what you really saw here was how uh, cold, methodical, and emotionless the NFL can be when the NFL has to solve a business issue. And the fact is that St. Louis was nothing more than collateral damage. And where we all uh, were scarred, we were emotionally uh, injured by this whole process, what you really saw was the NFL was solving the problem that existed, ironically enough, when the Rams left L.A. in 1995. It took them 20-plus years to fix it, but that process involved taking a team and putting it back in the second-largest market. It just so happened that St. Louis had the circumstances most favorable to relocating a team, and the NFL did what the NFL wanted to do. Kroenke was a businessman. He did what he needed to do, the best business thing for him to do, and the real people that got injured in this process were the fans of St. Louis. Byron Newby from We're St. Louis. Uh, We're St. Louis was also spawned because of the Rams leaving St. Louis and the the gut punch that the fans took because of that. Uh, what was your thoughts? My thoughts were that um, the city – you know, had been taking all these, all these, all these L's all these years, and I and I and I felt like that the city almost walked into it with that. Well, let's play not to not to lose rather than play to win mentality. I you know I realized that they you know they approved the stadium, but it was like pulling teeth, you know. And I actually saw this whole thing unfold from the outside, which actually spawned the whole where St. Louis thing was watching the relocation happen and. You remember the post-dispatch um, front page where the older woman was kind of flipping the bird to the um, to the photographer? That was on the news in Atlanta. And I remember them saying, see, there's only 32 of them, and we have a U.S. city that doesn't even want it. So we they did what they were going to do, but we didn't do a lot to help our own our own perception and, and, and you know, the way that we're viewed. Because I ask people all the time, you know, do you view St. Louis as a big city? And they're like, no, it's like... They they view it like Lincoln, Nebraska. Mm-hmm. You know, I had somebody call it Detroit Junior once, and I had to you know I had to kind of get with him a little bit on that. But it's just St. Louis isn't viewed that way, and I just think that we're losing a huge opportunity with all this. And um, you know, it's time it's time it's time to turn the tables this time. You know, the people need to speak. Will Freeman, you are an insider. You were just recently at the Eyes of Bruce. Uh, youth camp. You got a chance to talk with the Reverend Isaac Bruce uh, through some XFL questions at him. Uh, what was your thoughts uh, from your angle? Speaking as, because when the Rams came here, this was my childhood. Born in 87 and then came in like in 95 before I was 10. I grew up with that team. Like, Isaac Bruce was an idol of mine. Though, to be more frank, because I'm a lineman type guy, I actually was more into it DeMarco Farr, Kevin Carter, Grant Wistrom. And remember that Diva, even though it was known for its offense. And I wanted to be those guys when I was playing in high school. And then I was lucky enough to be at the two playoff games before they went to and won the Super Bowl at the Dome. And during this whole process, like, being naive as I was in my early 20s, that I thought this process was going to be fair, 
balance and like as long as we keep doing what we're doing they'll stay here boy was i wrong i was wrong and it just that the the thing that suffered the most when it comes to us losing a team greed just greed just get back to the biggest market even though that probably more than half of the population doesn't really care about sports at all besides the lakers or the dodgers it's just a shame. Like it could have been solved a lot more differently. Of course, like Byron said, we St. Louis has a history of kind of shooting itself in the foot. Happened when we tried to get the Stallions before the Rams moved here. It also happened before that when we tried to convince the Cardinals to stay here before they moved to Arizona. Can I butt in? This is this this is how I think they should have solved it. They should have said, "Look, we're going to move back because we're going to make a whole bunch of money, but we're going to do y'all a solid." We're going to give you a team. We're going to give you three, four years to get your shit together and build a stadium, whatever you're going to do, but you guys are going to get a team, but we're going to snatch this team. Every, every All the records and everything from 95 till going forward belong to St. Louis, even the Super Bowl. But we're going to take this team back, and that's the way they should have done it instead of just snatching them like they did and and crapping on the city on the way out. All right, also I'm going to give it to you before we go to a quick break in 60 seconds uh, before we get to Dan Wallach on the other side of this break. I mentioned to you about closure. In 60 seconds before we go to this break, uh, how important for St. Louis to get some closure? I think it, I think it's critical. Um, you know, Byron, Byron just brought up a really good point about uh, how you could have solved this and done it better. But I guess one question I asked for you, Brian, is that who would have been the leader? Who would have they been talking to? Right. Because that's what we really lacked here. We right. lacked that face. We lacked that leadership to say, St. Louis, here's what's going on. This is a business deal. We're moving the Rams. But here's how we're going to take care of you. But there was nobody to step up and be that right. face. So, Palmer, closure closures everything, right? Um, this city is a scarred city. This city has a history of uh, feeling like we continually lose these type of situations. So uh, the only way to go forward is that you have to get past this, and there's always going to be resentment based upon what happened because if you go through the materials that came out from the lawsuit, you see all the ways that people basically disrespected St. Louis, and I think disrespect is the key word. What's it going to take for St. Louis, one, to get self-respect? And once you get that self-respect, that's how you earn the respect of the outsiders. Yeah. And I think uh, before we bring Dan Wallach on, I think the other thing is just the mentality, the cliquish mentality, even with our local media, uh, because uh, there's a mentality as if they are the end or be or they are the number one source for information. And if you go outside of them for information, then they try to discard it. And uh, because they always like to control the narrative. And that's one of the reasons why. You don't have discussions like this on talk radio in St. Louis. Hey, this is the end of zone show live version. It's going to be fast and furious. Uh, I'm excited about this live version of the end of zone show. On the other side of the break, we're going to have Daniel Wallach. I have great guests. We're going to get a chance to ask him some questions, maybe get some answers. Let's get closer to some closure. And we're going to have more 
episodes on the end of zone show we're going to talk about civic related things how we can fix our st louis community we're going to talk about our disgrace alderman we're going to talk about all those things so uh make sure that you tune in make sure you subscribe we at my city my music uh, appreciate justin kick it the whole crew over here at my city my music and let's get busy we're going city to city at my city you're listening to end the zone and this is the network Chatoa you're listening to In the Zone, city to city, state to state, worldwide. You know, I'm doing my own thing. I used to think that I needed to be at ESPN. I used to, I used to have to be at all these other places to feel like I belong. But I don't need that shit, man. And I never need, I never needed them, you know, to begin with because I have freedom now. You know what I'm saying? I have freedom, and there's nothing better than being free. You know what I'm saying? Look at these artists right now in the music industry, and and and, and you still hear people brag. Now I gotta, I'm on a label. I'm on a label. I mean, fuck being on a label. You should be independent. And we are back on the live version of the End of Zone show. We're going city to city at my city, waiting on Daniel Wallach to uh, give us a call on our celebrity line. The show is sponsored by Cafe Piazza, located at 1900 Arsenal. 
And Byron, I don't even have to tell you twice or awesome about the uh, about the pizza at uh, Cafe Piazza. It was delicious. That's my favorite word. Yeah. So what did you think about your first experience at Cafe Piazza? I was frustrated that I hadn't found it before. <laughs> um, you know, and I actually was tweeting out about that. I'm like, how, how did I not know about this place? And that, that's kind of, that's something, again, that's a St. Louis story. Is we got to be able to toot our own horns and get out there and right. sell what's great about this place. And uh, I loved it. It was really good. It was in a really cool neighborhood, too. Yeah, over there in, in, in Park, historical Park, Will Freeman, you, you got a chance to enjoy the calamari. The calamari, yeah, it's good. I had a few of their pizzas before, and the arcade is fun. They always keep changing them. They have Teen Ninja Turtles pinball, Godzilla, even Iron Maiden. Yeah, I, I noticed the Iron Maiden didn't get past you yesterday. Yeah. that And then they, they got some cool stuff, some comic book memorabilia, Star Wars memorabilia. So it's fun for all sorts of types of people there. So, uh, awesome. Before Dan calls in, and we, we was talking about closure or whatnot, and my whole thing was I was just a proponent for the trial because I felt like that's the only way we'll get closure. It, it, looking at the settlement, right? They settled for seven ninety. Right. Let's just say, for giggles, they took it all the way to trial, and then they got seven ninety. I don't think nobody would have an issue, you know. But even even but even seven ninety, that's not even a, a, a pebble in the ocean. You know what I'm saying? Well, what the NFL owners, you know, paid in in totality, you know, and it's like the 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 never NFL crowd who thought it was a bright idea to to get a settlement. Where are you now? Well, you know, Palmer, you know, the old adage: give a man. Fish and he'll eat for a day. Give him a fishing pool pole and he'll eat for a lifetime. That to me was was the issue here. Is that you, you've got your seven hundred ninety million dollars, right? What you don't have is an NFL team. You don't have the ongoing uh, Pacific Pride that comes with it. I mean, shortly after that verdict came down, if you recall, was the Buffalo Bills Kansas City Chiefs game, right? And, and basically every game in the playoffs was a nail biter. It was incredibly exciting. You had fans that were going crazy for that. And I remember I, I had tweeted out at that point. I'm like, there's something that $790 million will never buy you. And you'll never have that opportunity to experience what that was. And, and Will, you were mentioning earlier, growing up in the Rams era, um, I will never forget what it was like during the 99-2001 run. Uh, both, you know, the spirit you literally would go to the parking lots and there'd be people from every background in St. Louis all unified in what they were going into that dome for. And we basically, you know, allegedly bought it for $790 million, which no one really knows where that's going right now. Right. I I don't know. The, the amount $790 million, I still think it's like, it's like a little inside joke because of the Jeff Fisher being seven and nine. I don't know. That just seems like a weird number to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it would... Would have been better because, like, we got the cord. It was going through the process. Now that there's nothing and everything's sealed or presumptly sealed, but it just a little bit more because some people just don't believe that outside of St. Louis that that some people think we deserved it. We steal the team from L.A. Though to be true, if there was a arms race to go to Baltimore between them and Cleveland, just Art Modell decided to do it a heck of a lot more quickly. But eh. It just, like Byron said, all of this would have been preventable. And 
It's hard. It's yeah, just hard. It's, 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 it's pretty bad that we have elected leaders in St. Louis that don't understand the dynamics of sports. Like, the arts and the culture are important. St. Louis has plenty of that. Plenty of the arts, plenty of cultures. we got some kick-ass museums here. But sports is everybody. Sports are everybody's common denominator. I don't care who likes sports and who doesn't. In 2011, you can't tell me everybody didn't have a cardinal hat, shirt, hoodie, or something. And right. it just brings everybody together. And just like Awesome says, you know, that, that's, when, that's when the conversations get going. Is, you know, when, when we're sitting there and we're rooting for the same team and something bad happens to our team and we start griping and moaning together. And then, you know, we start building the, that emotional connection that you don't normally get. Half the people that I'm, that I'm cool with now that I consider friends here now is, is because of football. You guys, you're my friend because of football. You guys are my friends because of football. You know, so so sports matters. And I get it that everybody's not into it. You know, hey, maybe a dodgeball hit you in the head in the third grade and you go anything with a ball, <laughs> I don't want to deal with that. And that's okay, but don't don't dismiss its impact in the community. Jobs, um, emotional connections amongst the citizens, the big civic pride thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I live in it like like you guys know. I live in Atlanta, and everybody wears something from because because Atlanta's a big import city. Everybody wears something from where they're from. I told you Palmer about a guy that I knew. He he was from Missoula, Montana, and he wore University of Montana Bear stuff every day, and he was proud of that. That was his that was his pride was that you know the fact that he was from there and he was he was proud to represent that. But I meet people in Atlanta from St. Louis, and they basically say thank god i got out of there i would never go back there and they just bash it and it's you know it shouldn't be like that you know we 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 have to do better and if it comes from us that's where it comes from that's the voice of byron newby from we're st louis uh also across from me is we're Fremont in the zone network insider and to my right awesome Rossum. he awesome raza he's a local attorney he is in uh i've considered him a activist on the side of good um Father, uh, love your sports, you know. Well, yeah, for sure. You know, uh, and I tell you something. Um, uh, what Byron mentioned that we wouldn't have, we wouldn't all be here if it wasn't for um, you know for football and whatnot, and it, it it brought us together. But the XFL has found a way to bring some some of us together. We were trying to get you off the fence. Uh, I know what it's going to take to get you off the fence. You're close. You're close. Yeah. Uh, but but I think uh, we need to get you all the way off the fence. Uh, how do we do that? Oh, well, that's 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 our caller. That's Dan. So we're going to uh, let's see. Get a hold of Dan real quick. Let's see. Patient with me. Yeah, Palmer. While we're while we're waiting to touch base here with Dan, let me answer your question: Is what's it going to take to get me off the fence? The thing is, when the when the Battle Hawks came, I was 110 percent into it, and uh, just like everyone else, very excited that they were here. And it was very unfortunate that COVID hit when it did, uh, and it kind of took the momentum away. But um, I think once they once they get past that first season and they stick around, heck, if St. Louis is in the name, I'm on board. All right, on our celebrity last sponsor by Cafe Piazza is my man Dan Waller. How you doing, Dan? 
Oh, I'm doing great. Is this uh, Palmer? How are you doing, Palmer? Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm doing good, Dan. We. Uh, I know we don't have the bump of music like we normally do, man. But uh, we got some Springsteen playing for you in spirit. Okay, thank you. Is this live? Are we live? Or yes, this- yes, we are. We are as live as we can be. Oh, geez, I didn't know that. I apologize for being a minute or two late. I was having some tech difficulties. Uh, uh, I owe you. I owe you five minutes. Yeah, yeah, and and look, so I'm a, I'm gonna have to. I'm, I could cut my NBA, NBA got you long, so that means we just have to do a return. We get you back on. So we was talking about uh, the $790 million lawsuit, and um, one thing that I grew to appreciate, and everyone at this table did the, the work that you put in, uh, to people in St. Louis, can you, can you tell some of the viewers – how at first you was kind of receptive, you was kind of getting receptive, and then towards the end you kind of got the the, the cold shoulder in, in the way and, and, the, and the snarkiness on 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 the, on the way out the door. I didn't get that much snarkiness. It was just from you know one or two reporters, and really mainly from one. I think it was from uh, Ben Fred because I was insistent. You know, everybody has their sources. You know, uh, you know Ben Fredrickson will talk to his sources within the uh, you know NFL, and, and and then one of the radio hosts have their perspective that oh yeah, no way that a, a, an expansion team could have been part and parcel of the settlement. And when they heard a counter narrative, they thought, well, what, why is he so in, you know where is his you know why why, why is he pushing this uh, you know particular item when. I've been reporting otherwise. There's a lot of there's a lot of emotion within the St. Louis media market, and people have been locked into their position and believe, okay, you know, good riddance. We don't want to do business with the NFL anymore. Well, I'm telling you, as somebody who's not only a football fan but a but a legal observer, this this case, everything fell into place for the for the lawsuit to really leverage something more than just a monetary settlement. This was going so well. For the for the city and the county of St. Louis, that if you had if you had all these factors going going in their favor, uh, the the trial coming up, the desire of the league to avoid any adverse publicity, and more importantly, the league doesn't want uh, lawyers and and the public to look under the hood of how they make relocation decisions. There would have been so many reasons for the NFL uh, to uh, come up with a with a with a with a team. To make this case go away because it wasn't just about this case it was the future of the relocation policy so I, I just i just call them as i see them and i've tried cases and i've been in the middle of legal battles when you've got leverage you need to exact it to the maximum and in this case i believe that the um that the lawyers and the county and city settled for something less than what they when they what they almost assuredly could have gotten had they taken this to a trial and, 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 and tempted the league to, all right, show up in St. Louis, show your face, give testimony under oath, let's get at it. And I think my position has been vindicated by the release of some of the more recent documents, which reveals that the NFL was prepared to relocate the Raiders to St. Louis. So how is St. Louis not capable of supporting a National Football League team when the NFL was prepared to, to you know, reroute the Raiders to fill the void left by the St. Louis Rams. It, you know, the, the, the recent documents make the, make the city's case so much demonstrably stronger, but it was strong to begin with. And I've always taken issue with why settle then for that amount when there was no risk 
to taking it to the eve of trial. There really wasn't. That's the voice, uh, Daniel Wallach, joining us on our celebrity line. Uh, awesome, you got a question for uh, Dan? Um, I don't know that I necessarily have a question for him. I pretty much agreed with everything that he just said. I mean, as an attorney myself, I, I think one of the things that you do is negotiations come from your, your leverage gives you your strength in negotiations. And for whatever reason, um, you know, where everything was going in St. Louis's favor, the powers that be didn't really want to negotiate this as hard as they needed to do. And that's unfortunate because um, they really were in a position that they could have pushed it. I, I, you know, I read media accounts that an expansion team was not an option. Well, my question was, who decided that? Right. When you're negotiating, you don't, you don't say, okay, well, this is not – if the NFL goes, expansion's not an option – and St. Louis says, that's fine. Let's continue on with this process. Let's continue to discover it. Let's look what's under the hood. I mean, that's how you play this out. If they say it's not on the table, you put it on the table. And I don't understand why and who decided that an expansion team was not an option. But that was what the media narrative was. They perhaps had an insider from an owner or two. But that owner or two didn't speak for the entire ownership. That's right, and, and nor did they speak for the National Football League as a defendant. And Mike Florio, you know, was was reporting to the contrary that there were some discussions within league circles as to how to prepare for that contingency and offer an expansion team to make the lawsuit go away. You, you know, the the lawyers who handle the case obviously had a, a, a financial incentive, as any contingent fee lawyer does, uh, to to go for the certainty rather than the uncertainty of losing this case either at trial, which wasn't going to happen or certainly have an appellate uh, reversal claw back some of that money. Uh, I can understand that motivation, but they sold it hook, line, and sinker uh, to some of the writers and, and other folks within St. Louis that didn't even question that account, that, you know, or didn't even ask or play the devil's advocate position that you're just raising, which are legitimate questions to ask. I mean, one day of mediation, and then the city and county fold just like that and go, okay, um, no settlement, no, no, okay, 790, okay, we'll take it. Where was the, where was the urgency well, Dan, to settle that case 50 days before trial? Dan, I, I, I don't know whether the, the decision makers were really as invested in the outcome they as weren't, they for sure. would have been, right? So if you and I are sitting there and we're negotiating this on our own behalves, we're going to have a much more invested approach to get the best possible deal that we could. But if you don't have that same level of investment, then your, your calculus changes. And now a high dollar figure also has a high political return, is that look what happened under this particular watch. And that's not necessarily what's best for the region. And I think that that's where the lines got blurred. I think decisions were made for reasons other than what was best for the region. And that's where we sit today, is what could have been, which... You're not from St. Louis, but that's the the story of who we are, is what yeah, could have been. I, I couldn't put it any better than the way you just put it. Certainly the uh, political victory and having it occur on their watch. I mean, certainly as this goes through uh, several years of appeals, it would be some other administration that would be yielding the, the, the benefits from this. And maybe the lawyers also had, you know, had an incentive to... Uh, go for the certainty now. So there are a lot of forces in play other than what was best for the citizenry of St. Louis. But unfortunately, this wasn't a taxpayer lawsuit. This was a lawsuit brought by the city and the county and the uh, ex the chief executive or, or the city attorney had the sole discretion 
to settle this case. This was not brought in the name of, of, of the taxpayers. And had this been a taxpayer suit, uh, maybe you see a different kind of, of outcome. But if, if, if you're suing over, uh, being, over having your team ripped from you under false pretenses, do you, don't you want your team back? Or do you want to just take, you know, a, a lump sum of money to make it all go away? I mean, if you had asked St. Louis officials six years ago uh, and the NFL approached the, the, the city and county and said, look, you know, we'd like to go to Los Angeles. How about if we just pay you $790 million and you just waive your right to the NFL team? Who would have taken that deal? Well, that's the deal you ended up with. Yeah, it still boggles my mind. Like a lot of this could have been prevented with this if just there was just some honesty. If like they just like be like, "Hey, St. Louis, look, Stan Kroenke has a better opportunity with LA with money in this, and we want to get back to market as soon as possible." Here's what we'll do later on: if there's an expansion or if another team needs to be moved under certain circumstances, you get first bid. It still boggles in my mind that conversation couldn't be had. We just went through all this dog and pony show stuff. It, it still boggles my mind. Like, what's wrong with just being honest nowadays? Of course, ethics now in business seems to be low and far between, and greed is usually the thing that's at the top of the mountain that everything one is seeking. Well, you're going to have to ask those questions of your elected officials. And, you know, unfortunately, for your. Uh, argument and for what I've been advocating all this time, you had the wrong, you had the wrong mayor and you had the wrong county executive that were just, you know, just either ambivalent or uh, neutral to the idea of anything other than, than, than money. I mean, after all, they didn't sue to recover the team. There was no action for equitable or injunctive relief to repatriate the St. Louis Rams. I mean, they sued for money. And they ended up settling for money, but that did not foreclose some alternative non-monetary settlement once you had the NFL sort of by the tail here because you, you had the exposure of the dissension within the league over the indemnification aspect of it. Uh, it, it almost every box was checked to, to really put the squeeze to the National Football League. And then 90, you know, 50 days out, they settled. And, and I never bought the reasoning. That, uh, uh, that that Mr. that Bob Blitz put out there in, in, in some of the news media articles that there was some concern uh, because the trial may have been canceled due, due to COVID-19 restrictions that they would never have had a, a trial date certain if they didn't take advantage of this opportunity now because the January 10th trial date was sort of up in the air. Well, that doesn't necessarily mean that the case would never get tried. I, I mean, I always found that reasoning faulty and it became a convenient excuse for the lawyers to explain sort of their out for why they bailed on the case without having any pushback from any of the writers who, who sort of repeated that narrative, uh, you know, without, 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 any, without any scrutiny or without any, you know, sort of cross-examination on that. Well, Dan, I, I don't know what the rush was because St. Louis should have been in it for the long game. I mean, what, 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 you're no worse off. You literally were in the same position, right? Yeah. So the embarrassment and the potential risk was to the NFL, not to St. Louis. St. Louis had nothing to lose. They didn't have a football team. They didn't have seven. They had nothing. They were pursuing this case. They had. There was no rush to push the matter. The NFL was coming up against the Super Bowl. The NFL was coming up against potential embarrassment. The NFL had all the pressure on them 
St. Louis drop of the Super Bowl, and that was something the NFL certainly wished to avoid. I mean, imagine a trial taking place uh, during the same time frame that the Super Bowl involving the relocated team was Again, occurring. Right. It was a nightmare situation for the league. St. Louis had the leverage, and St. Louis released the pressure when they had the pressure on the NFL, and that to me is something I, I simply can't understand. Join me on the celebrity line is excuse me, Daniel Wallach. And uh, he did a great job. He's on a great podcast called Conduct Detrimental, uh, which he co-hosts with Dan Lust. Uh, how you guys are doing right now with that? Oh, we're, we're, we're up to like three sponsors. We have a, a, a sports betting sponsor, a bar review course. We're like big time now. <laughs> our, our, our listenership and viewership is increasing. And I think by virtue of our coverage of uh, issues like this we've increased our national profile but the reason we do it is because we we have so much fun and we love uh talking about this issues it's never been about uh you know money or profile building because if it was about the money uh it, it would not be a, a wise usage of our time it's taking a it's taking a while to build up our audience but we just have the passion for this stuff and we'll keep doing it because you know there, there are going to be issues the issues will continue to uh, you know, come up like this with relocations, NFL legal issues, Deshaun Watson. We 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 could we could record episodes like three four times a week. That's how much material exists out there. But certainly, in my time on conduct detrimental, nothing uh, you know, sort of piqued my interest and made me as passionate as uh, you know the the relocation lawsuit involving the, the Cardinals. Um, Okay, so I'm sorry, I said the Cardinals, I meant the Rams. That was probably that was probably one of my most dialed in moments uh, in four years of doing the podcast. Byron, yeah, um, I know that you guys were were you know everybody was talking about St. Louis and it's, and it's having having the leverage, but that is typical St. Louis. People ask me what's the definition of insanity. I say St. Louis, Missouri, and <laughs> and the reason why is because. The elected leaders of St. Louis think in the now. They don't think in the future. We can go back to, and Austin probably can chime in on this, steamboats versus the railroads. Or a lot of people don't know that Walt Disney wanted to put his second amusement park here. So it's, you know, nobody, St. Louis doesn't, as I said earlier, St. Louis plays not to lose rather rather than play to win. And that's always going to be the issue here until we get people in place who actually have a have a vision outside of the next election. You want me to tell you something that will probably you can really relate to and it'll really steam you is that there was a plan for St. Louis to build an airport that would have been comparable to the size of Hartsfield. And that would have been on the Illinois side of the river in Columbia, right. Illinois. And they had plenty of space there and St. Louis shot that down. They fought it tooth yeah. and nail because they wanted to keep it in Missouri. Can you imagine the economic development that would have come oh, from absolutely. having an airport that big. Right. Uh, but it would have been on the Illinois side. It, it comes down to this, Byron. We are a divided city. Mm-hmm. We are a divided region. And we are a divided people in this in this city. And that is, if you trace back the entire, what we're talking about here with the Rams, mm-hmm. you can literally trace back to the division between the city and the county from 1876. Right. You can trace it back to poor political decision-making in the 1980s, okay, which resulted in the Cardinals going to Phoenix, which resulted in a desperate building of a stadium. Like I said before, Los Angeles was a problem for the NFL. The NFL solved the L.A. problem because the, the least, the team that was most vulnerable 
was the St. Louis Rams because right. of, a, of a lease that was negotiated out of desperation in 1995 mm-hmm. to fill a stadium that was built on spec. Right. So what you're saying, to your point, is it's been a bad decision one after another, yeah. yep. but really it all traces back to the fact that we can't operate as one. We operated as, as many different entities around here, and, and here we sit today. Yeah, which, which is, which is kind of crazy because in Atlanta – where I live. Everyone understands that Atlanta is the cog that makes the whole wheel go. I live 53.7 miles from my driveway to the city limits. And the the city is spread out that far. And it's and it's developed and populated in and even on the other side of me is starting to develop. So, but everybody works together because they realize that Atlanta's attractive because it has tourism and companies want to come there. So people move to the to the Oscars. They they're it's, it's spreading out and growing because of that. So I don't I don't know what to I don't other than other than electing people and finding people who really want to get some things done with the vision. Then, yeah. but you know something, Dan, uh, you mentioned something earlier in, in the conversation and about media, and I think the media plays a a huge influence. Uh, Randy Carricker, for example, with the having the power of the bully pulpit of one-on-one ESPN when, when he touts that you can't get Stan Kroenke to go to trial because you have to get him deposed. Well, I'll call BS because you know, you can become deposed. That's what subpoenas are for. So like if, if, if the former president could get served with a subpoena, if, if, if members of Congress can get served with a subpoena, what the hell makes the NFL owners so exempt they can't get served with a subpoena, you know, to, to get the polls? That, it's just that's, ludicrous. That's so, it's so easy to serve a subpoena on, on an out-of-state defendant. First of all, the NFL has given depositions in this case. Kroenke even gave a deposition. I don't know where the information you're referring to even comes from. Stan Kroenke gave a gave a deposition in this lawsuit and uh, if he tried to resist a trial subpoena um i, I don't know how that would reflect on the right. nfl in terms of punitive damages you know it would be um a, a very bad the, the optics and the uh, thumbing the nose at the jury and the court by not showing up for the trial uh that would rise to, that would probably increase the damage award so that couldn't have been the issue uh, anyone who St. Louis wanted to take depositions of, they did take depositions of, and they would have been able to lure those individuals to trial. And if they didn't show up for trial, they had their deposition testimony preserved and could have and could have read the deposition excerpts into the trial. So I, I don't know the reasoning around any statements that that Stan Kroenke wouldn't have been able to uh, it wouldn't have been required to attend the trial. It doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah. matter. There was enough to go forward with the trial. The deposition transcripts can be introduced as substitute for the live testimony if the witness is unavailable. And his unavailability would have been harmful, I think, to the case. Yeah, but yeah, pretty pretty much that. I just I just feel that individuals like Randy Carricker, that's been in St. Louis media for forty plus years, we have uh, a lot of influence. I think that. You got to be responsible with what you put out, and uh, even even as you notice on the, even on the political side, when you misrepresent something, and when people miss 
interpret what you put out, bad things happen. I don't know that he misrepresented anything. I've, I've just always understood Randy's position as being his NFL sources tell him that a, an expansion franchise would never have been offered. Okay, he might have people who told him that. I'm not aware of anything else uh, that he may have said that you know, you're, you're disagreeing with. But certainly, um, I, I, I could care less about how writers within or, or media members within the St. Louis market portray my viewpoints. I have no skin in the game. Nobody's paying me. I don't have to satisfy any constituency, and I certainly don't need the, uh, the brand building. I've been uh, a national legal commentator on, on, on legal issues going all the way back to Deflategate, and, and even before then, I never, ever... settled at the time it did for the amount it did when there were opportunities to gain even more of an advantage without losing anything. It was almost risk-free. Randy could disagree with me. Ben Fredrickson could disagree with me. I don't care. I can, I can live with myself at night because I know what the truth is and I know what the merits and equities of the case, where, where the equities and merits of the case lied. It made complete sense to me uh, that this would have been the best play for St. Louis, and that's borne out by the fact that Mike Florio and who's the who's the NFL reporter in Denver who's originally from St. Louis? Then I'm drawing a blank. Uh, Benjamin Albright. Benjamin Albright. Both both of those respected NFL insiders, national insiders, were reporting that the said were reporting that the expansion issue was definitely part of the conversation yeah. within the NFL corridors. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and 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 listen, uh, Dan, we we uh, we running short on time, and I know we got to have you back on. And listen, take my word for it, uh, Randy Corrector and uh, Ben Fredrickson was loving you long time when you broke the Deflate Gate. They loved you long time. They blew you kisses. They hugged you from behind. Trust me, I know I, they I, were. I, it, none of that matters. <laughs> I, I just, I, I, it's 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 very liberating, and uh, <laughs> you know, I, I I'm okay with my perspective uh, because I know I'm right, and it's based upon on sound legal reasoning, as well as uh, understanding the, the leverage that existed in this case. Uh, I don't have any axe to grind with any particular reporter. I don't have any anti-NFL bias. I mean, I lived, I lived through the same hostility in Miami when Nick Saban uh, was telling the media in 2005, well, I'm not looking to leave Miami. It was 2006. He told every reporter with a straight face that I'm not looking to go to the University of Alabama and then, and then, you know, he left like two weeks later <laughs> and none of the local media members ever forgave him for that. And basically, uh, you know, said good riddance to Nick Saban. And I think there's an element of that that exists within the St. Louis media because of the way the NFL and Stan Kroenke lied to the city. And there's this just this uh, antipathy towards Kroenke and the National Football League, like good riddance. We don't want to do business with you ever again. You can keep your you can keep your expansion team. We just want our pound of flesh. Give us give us our money and just and just hightail it out of here, which which they did anyway. So in my mind, there are several power there are parallels between that situation and the way the Miami media felt towards Nick Saban. And I can tell you, looking at it objectively, years later, uh, the, uh, the Dolphins never recovered from mm. losing Nick Saban, and wow. I don't know that the city of St. Louis will ever get an NFL team back. You know, you got, you, got, you got to go for it 
when you have the leverage and this was a lost opportunity and who knows if that opportunity will ever present itself again. Dan, I, I, uh, during this process, I, I would repeatedly tell people, whoever would listen, is that you have to take the emotion out of this decision. This was a, a essentially you had to take it. It's a business decision. You've got to do what's right for the city of St. Louis and you can't respond uh, with anger. You can't respond with emotion because that takes away logic. And this case should have been addressed with logic. And you well, want to do the best, you want to get the best possible resolution for St. Louis. And by saying, oh, well, they treated us like this and they treated us like that, that's all fine and good. But when, when the rubber met the road, you were, you were obligated to do the best thing for the St. Louis region. And I don't feel like we handled it that way. Well, I mean, what goes what goes a longer way in terms of economic impact? Uh, a lump sum of seven hundred ninety million today, or which reduced by attorneys' fees down to like half a billion, or the long term sustainability of an NFL franchise over a quarter of a century? I mean, there's absolutely no question which drives more of a direct and an indirect economic impact to the region overall. And sometimes emotion is good. Uh, I mean, there's nothing quite like revenge, right? I mean, if you have, if, if, if you're motivated uh, by a desire to seek justice above and beyond just winning the case, that's okay too. I think there may not have been enough emotion here because the, the city leaders looked at this as just a business deal. That's it. The lawyers looked at it as a, as a, as a contingency case rather than seeking justice and seeking and seeking to right the wrong and put the city and county in the position they would have been in had the NFL and Stanley Kroenke not lied to, 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 to both. So, you know, a little bit of emotion is okay. I think this was maybe too emotionless. Hmm. All right, Dan. Hey, tell our viewers the best way to keep up with you. Well, on Twitter, which is uh, my most prolific medium, I think it's <laughs> at Wallach Legal. That's W-A-L-L-A-C-H-L-E-G-A-L. And Conduct Detrimental is my weekly podcast that I co-host with Dan Lust. It's available on you know Apple, Spotify, and all those other platforms where, where leading podcasts can be found. It's called Conduct Detrimental, which was ironically named after uh, the term in the collective bargaining agreement, which was the big you know, issue in Deflategate, whether there was conduct detrimental to the game of football. And that kind of put me on the map. And then I named my podcast after the Deflategate case. So conduct detrimental and Wallach Legal on Twitter. Thank you so much for having me on again. I always love uh, to come back and revisit these issues. And I'm only sorry I couldn't do a live podcast during a New York Rangers uh, St. Louis Blues Stanley <laughs> Cup Finals. Hopefully we'll go one for two. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we, we got to get that. We still owe you peace at Cafe Piazza and, and, and a damn good time, Dan. So you always got a friend in St. Louis, man. Thank you. Thank you very much. Or you can make it up to, to make it up to me by, by giving us back Pavel Buchnevich. <laughs> <laughs> we'll you think about stole it. stole him from the Rangers. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll, we'll think about it. We'll, we'll think <laughs> about right. it. Hey, Dan, we're going to definitely be in touch. We're going to have you back. All right, my pleasure, Palmer. Thanks, everybody. All right, thanks, Dan. Uh, appreciate appreciate questions too. Bye, bye. All right, that was uh, Daniel Wallach. Uh, what do you guys think? He was right on that. Like one thing, because that seven hundred, what it should be, that seven hundred nine million that we got should be a big egg on our face. Because now, because the Denver Broncos are for sale, and now the leading bid, according to this rumor, is four point five billion. 
Yeah. Let me say it again. Four point five billion. Ironically, the highest bid is actually in the Walton family, Stan Kroenke's brother-in-law. Okay, we got less than five minutes. Quick XFL news if you got it. All right, so this is some news. It's not like Carriker's news, which honestly. <laughs> we don't mention that he, name. We don't he, talk. We don't, we don't, we don't use just, that type of language. I'll just say this. Here. He said stuff that I knew about a month and a half ago. Okay. <laughs> All right. Seriously. We don't use that type of language over here. Not a problem. Yeah, so <laughs> let's just go by what this is. There on the teams and the coaches right now, most uh, for the eight teams, of course, is Dallas, Houston, Las Vegas, San Antonio, D.C., Seattle, Orlando, St. Louis. So now this time around, there's actually three cities with no NFL teams in this league coming out in 2023. Now, the coaches are returning for Dallas. Bob Stoops, that one was obvious. <laughs> that was the most obvious one there. Wade Phillips to Houston. He has ties to Houston. Rod Woodson, former Raider, going to coach the team that has Raider Nation, and they'll play in the same Raider stand now because of their agreement. Sam Board Stadium is closed, so all of that's going to be at the Raider Stadium. Now, these two, between the D.C. and San Antonio team, it's kind of going back for who's going to coach them. It's either going to be Heinz Ward or former cornerback uh, Reggie Barlow. Mm-hmm. And... Some people think D.C. for Reggie Bar because he recently just got done with his coaching set at Virginia State. Seattle, he was here before, was the former D.C. coordinator, interim head coach for after Linehan got fired, Jim Hazlitt. I kind of would like him to come to St. Louis to do a little bit of redemption because he had Linehan's players and no one was going to win with those. No. No, and you know, and, and it's really hard to win with anything related to Scott Lenahan. But we have more with you next time yeah. on the End of Zone show, uh, Austin Rosa. We definitely gonna have you back in studio. Uh, we're gonna have more robust, civic-minded conversations. Looking forward to it. Should All be right. a lot of fun. All you right, got to get your brother on here, man. Oh well, oh, for sure. Oh yeah, we'll, we'll definitely we, do that. Yeah, we got we, we got definitely because you guys definitely have a a story to tell. Uh, listen. Uh, want you to subscribe to MyCityMyMusic.com. Subscribe to The Real End the Zone Network. Uh, some great programming at MyCityMyMusic.com. Uh, we've already been broken into the family. Uh, Will Freeman got roughed up a little bit this, this Saturday, but uh, he, he made it. Uh, the next show is around the corner. I appreciate everybody tuning in. We're going city to city. We're at My City. You're listening to End the Zone. This is The Network.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.